This morning's scripture comes from Acts 27, verses 39 through 44. The author of Acts has been sharing the story of Paul's missionary journey and his efforts, and by the time Paul has been arrested, by this time Paul has been arrested by the Roman authorities and imprisoned in Caesarea. Chapters 27 and 28 give us the details of Paul's transfer from the jail in Caesarea in northern Judea across the Mediterranean Sea to Rome. And the prison ship meets heavy seas and is shipwrecked and stranded on the island of Malta. Hear this portion of the journey describing the shipwreck. In the morning, they did not recognize the land, but they noticed a bay with a beach on which they planned to run the ship ashore if they could. So they cast off the anchors and left them in the sea. At the same time, they loosened the ropes that tied the steering oars, and then hoisting the foresail to the wind, they made for the beach. But striking a reef, they ran the ship aground. The bow struck and remained immovable, but the stern was being broken up by the force of the waves. The soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoners so that none might swim away and escape. But the centurion, wishing to save Paul, kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and make for the land and the rest to follow, some on planks and others on pieces of the ship. And so it was that all were brought safely to the land. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you, Rachel. Several years ago, I had my own sailing adventure. I was taking some much-needed vacation with a, a good friend of mine. He owned a sailboat with a nice kitchen and a, and a uh, sleeping cabin. Uh, the boat was on Lake DeGray, one of the deepest, largest lakes in Arkansas. Our plan was to put in from the marina, sail to the other end of Lake DeGray, spend the night in a sheltered cove, and then sail back. Uh, there were cell phones, but at that time there was no cell phone coverage at Lake DeGray. And the only communication that we had with the outside world was a, a radio to be used in emergencies. It was going to be great. I was so excited. The first day was wonderful. The, the weather was outstanding. We sailed to the other end of, the, uh, of Lake DeGray, made it into this cove, I anchored. It was wonderful. The next morning, we, we began our journey back, and my friend said, John, we have a problem. I had felt something hit the bottom of the boat, and so I was a little bit panicked, and you could see that it was. He, said, he held up his hand, he dove into the water, and he came up and got back into the boat and said, the rudder's broke. I don't know what we hit, but the rudder is broke. I was panicked. We were drifting. We were leaning. I could see the shore. I could feel the wind. We had sails, but we couldn't get there. Fortunately, we had the emergency radio. We called for help. The next couple of hours were pretty harrowing as we drifted and leaned, and my friend tried to keep us afloat. I can only imagine what it would have been like for Paul. Let us pray.
Lord God, in this day, hide me behind the cross. May these words be your words. And Lord, for every word I don't speak that you would have me speak, I pray that you would fill in the gaps. Speak to us, O oh God. Amen. I want to look at this passage of Scripture with you today. And I want to walk through chapter 27 of Acts. There's four different stages to the story as it unfolds. For Paul, the disaster was an opportunity. For Paul, the disaster was an opportunity. Here's what he did. First, Paul identified the challenge. In verse 10, we hear the warning Paul gives to the crew leaders. Paul said, I can see that the voyage will be in danger and much heavy loss to the cargo, the ship, and to our lives. Throughout the unfolding of this journey, Paul was realistic. It was not Pollyanna. He wasn't trying to pretend that, that it was not dangerous. And here's what happened. As the journey unfolds, the voice of Paul and his confidence gets stronger with the crew, the captain, and the centurion. He identified the problem. He was realistic. And then the second stage is, is the stage of realizing limits. We have to realize our limits. Because it's at that point of realizing our limits that God can speak into our, our challenge. In verse 17 through 20, the crew is taking extreme measures. They're dumping everything overboard. They finally realize that nothing is going to matter. The scriptures tell us this, all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. They knew their limits. There wasn't any human effort. There wasn't, any, there wasn't anything on the ship that was going to help them. There was only one. And, and this leads us to the next stage. And, and it's a stage of listening. See, all along, Paul was listening to the Spirit. He was listening to see what God would say, how God would give him wisdom and, and direction. In verse 22, he says, Keep up your courage. There will not be loss of life. Keep up your courage. Paul was listening to the Spirit. And then Paul shares with them a, a message that he'd gotten from an angel. It says this. He says in verse 23, Do not be afraid. God has granted safety to all those who are sailing with you. Paul knew the danger. He had identified the challenge. He had realized the limits. He was listening to the Spirit, though. And the confidence, therefore, that came from God, that no matter what the situation, that, that God was with them, made it possible for Paul to continue. Listen, I, uh, let me challenge you to do something this week. Uh, I was doing a little research on fear not, the phrase fear not in the Bible. And 
and I encourage you to do the same. I, if you need some help, email me. I'll send you some websites that you can use or, or refer you to some books that you can look up all the passages that say fear not. There are 365 verses in the Bible that include fear not. 365. One for every day of the year. God knows our preponderance, our, our, our temptation to fear. The fourth stage is trust. Recognize the challenge, realize our limits, listen to the Spirit, and then trust. For Paul, that was to stay with the ship. The ship was approaching Malta, and by this time, the crew, the captain, and the centurion were now listening to Paul. They saw him as the leader. He was the rock that was, that was, that was helping them to stay calm and, 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 and to believe. And he makes an unusual recommendation in verse 32. Very unusual. He says, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Really? <laughs> the ship is breaking apart. Everyone knows that if the ship goes down, everybody goes with it. But Paul is correct. At the very last moment, those who were, could swim were ordered overboard. And then as the ship broke up, others would join them and they were saved, as the scripture says, to follow some on planks and others on pieces of the ship. The broken ship became their salvation. And all 276 souls survived. And that day, a shipwreck, to survive it, was rare. Recognize the challenge, whatever it is in your life right now. Realize the limits, our limits as human beings. Listen to the Spirit and trust. In 1983, I was still in graduate school. Uh, my mother was scheduled for what they called routine surgery. I don't know how anybody has routine surgery <laughs> these days. You know, there's no such thing as minor surgery. But it was routine. She was to go in and out. It was to be like 15 or 20 minutes. Um, my sister and I went to the hospital to be there with her. Her pastor joined us, and we had prayer together beforehand. We went into the waiting room. I, I said to my friend, I said, Bill, you just go on home. This is minor. We'll be, he'll, the doctor will be out in a few minutes. And we began to talk, and I didn't realize as we were talking uh, that it was more than an hour. As I realized what time it was, the doctor came through the door, and I could tell by the look on his face that it was not good news. He said to my sister and I, he says, you know, I adore your mother. And we just, we missed it. She has a very rare, aggressive, advanced form of breast cancer. And you need to be ready. We're going to keep her here for a few days. We're going to try to figure out what's going on. But you need to get ready. I was just devastated. I was stunned. I was paralyzed. We went in and waited and told my mother and tried to, you know, 
give her confidence and to, and to help her panic. My sister stayed and Bill and I went to pick up some things for my mother. He drove me. He took me to lunch. Uh, during those few hours, we talked a little bit, but mainly were silent. I didn't know what to say, and neither did he. When we got back to the hospital in the parking lot, Bill said to me, John, tie a knot at the end of this rope and hang on. God will not forsake you. God will not forsake you. And what you have been preaching, live it. Wow. What you have been preaching, live it. You know, it may seem like that our rudder is broken, that our ship is adrift. But friends, God will not forsake us. Now is the time for us to stay with the ship, to trust God, and to be agents and messengers of hope. In the Bible, the word angelos, which we transfer angel, is also uh, can be not just an angelic messenger, but a human messenger. Let's be messengers of hope. And maybe this day you're hearing hope from this message or from the word that's in the Bible or from a friend or a family member. Let's make hope contagious. Let's make hope so contagious that it spreads throughout this culture and the world. Let's make hope more contagious than COVID-19. Thanks be to God. As we close our worship service, <clears throat> I just invite you this week, maybe even today, just to identify and name the greatest challenge that you're going to face this week. We all have them. I mean, maybe it, it, it's job or family or health or resources. Maybe it's fear or isolation. Whatever it is, just take a minute to identify and name your greatest challenge to realize your limits and your need for God's presence this week. Let's commit together also that each week we'll take a few minutes. We'll sit down, we'll listen to God's voice, We'll hear his word to each of us. You could use this prayer. God, I need you. Show me where you are in this. And just commit to do that every single day this week. I believe that God is with us. I believe that he's pouring hope into unknown places and spaces. And I believe that for your life and I believe that in my life. Receive this morning God's breath of hope as we sing together one last time.